Jordan Walker is back. Plus, today we take a look back at the month of May on the offensive side of things and one hitter who needs to step it up in a big way. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we got some unexpected and exciting news yesterday. There's a bad side to it, but most of it, happy thoughts. When we found out yesterday that the the Cardinals were going to recall top prospect Jordan Walker, coming back up to the Major League Club. Great news, right? The unfortunate side of this is that Lars Newbar will not be with the team for a while. He is out going on the IL with the back spasms. Lower back is what, is what they're saying is the issue. 10 days, hopefully he's back right away, but... I thought it was going to be quicker for Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill to come back, and they're still not back. So uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself with those thoughts, but we're glad that that Jordan Walker has earned his way back up to the big club. He's been out in Memphis since April 26th, reworking his swing so that he could get a better launch angle. Remember, that that was the whole thing. Avoid hitting the ball on the ground as much as he was which in theory is a pretty good idea. You know, the guy's 6'6", 245 pounds. Hit the ball in the air, hit it over the wall, get it into the gaps, do more damage. It's not like he wasn't any good, though, when he left, right? It's not like he stunk. You know, he was hitting 274. He had three doubles, two home runs, 11 army eyes, but he had a 321 OBP. His slugging was just 397, and the OPS was at 718. His ground ball rate was extremely high which is something you don't want. Uh, He was at 58.5. The league average is 44.8. And with a full outfield at the time, with O'Neal, Carlson, and Newbar, all of them were healthy. They needed to play too. The Cardinals felt he could benefit from more playing time at Memphis and give him a chance to work on this whole launch angle thing, which I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't mind that they sent him back down, especially if you're not playing him. (laughs) you know, on the major league roster, then what the hell is he doing up there? So it made sense. But I've said all along, the mistake was not sending him back down. The mistake was made when they kept him on the opening day roster in the first place, knowing that playing time was tight in the outfield already. You already had your three main outfielders. You also had Alec Burleson and Juan Yepes as names that you wanted to get playing time. They end up sending Juan Yepes down so they could keep Walker. But you don't want Walker to be your fifth outfielder. So then they had to play him out of necessity. And then he kind of got exposed by some of the pitchers. 
which was expected to happen. I mean, he was 20 years old at the time, 21 now. Happy birthday, Jordan, by the way. Um, but like a good soldier, Jordan goes down, does what he's told, struggles out of the gate as anyone trying to retool their swing would would have an issue with, but recently started to, to heat up at the plate. In 29 games with the AAA Redbirds, Walker hit 239 with four home runs, six doubles and 16 RBIs, stole four bases, uh, did not get caught, which is great. Had half as many walks as he did strikeouts, so not too shabby. Uh, but in his last 15 games is really where the team's number one prospect started to, to shine. Three home runs, five doubles, 13 RBIs, batting 312, 403 OBP, 541 slugging, 944 OPS. The fly ball and line drive rates were increasing. Everything you wanted him to do, he did. He's done it all. Everything you've asked. And now with injuries to O'Neill, Carlson, and Newpar, it was time to bring him back up. Now the question is, how permanent is this particular promotion? Here's what manager Ali Marmel said about it in John Denton's story on MLB.com. Quote, none of this is perfect, right? That's cute to think of it that way. But at the end of the day, you're only in control of certain things. And Walker not being demoted again is not one of them. Sure, the club doesn't want to demote Walker again. But three or four years from now, is any of that going to matter? The answer is probably not. So you want to make sure you're basing it off the probability of what's most likely to happen and make sure that we have a safety net for a worst case. But yeah, we'd like it to be where he comes up and stays up here. Ali continued saying, getting him back there, getting him back here was, has been the goal the entire time, the whole time. Walker's maturity played a big role. We set him down because of his maturity. There are certain guys that that'll really be a gut punch for them going back down there and having to deal with that mentally. And we didn't feel like that'd be an issue for him at all. Now with Newt, O'Neill and Carlson on the IL, I'm not exactly sure what the plan is for the everyday outfield. I think we can all agree that we don't really want to see Tommy Edmond having to play center field anymore, but it might have to continue. You know, the infielders in the outfield thing is is being done out of necessity, not because they want those guys out there. But Donovan has looked pretty darn good in the corner spots, right? Like, I've had no issues with Vernon Donovan in the outfield. And if you put Walker in right, you'd have Donovan in left. I'm assuming Mercado in center field for, for the defense a few times, although he hasn't looked that great on defense, even though that was supposed to be his thing. Uh, Yepes and Burleson will be switching off playing based off the matchups, I guess. So hopefully the two days off, the promotion of Jordan will all be things that will help kickstart this team this weekend in Pittsburgh. The other thing that continues to drive me nuts, though, is having this third catcher on the roster, basically doing nothing. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me anymore. He's just sitting there. Again, doing nothing. Like, you're not even going to pinch hit with him because he's not a very good hitter. He's like a break the glass if there's an emergency type of guy on the bench. He's the security blanket. But but with the outfield in shambles right now, and that's what this is, is there not someone else? Is there anybody else who can come up and actually, you know, participate in helping this team win? I understood it during the 19 games and 19 day stretch where if something happened to one of your catchers, you're kind of in trouble. So keeping them around might have been a smart idea. I got that. I understood that, but we're not, we're done with that. 
Moises Gomez and Lucan Baker are hitting the snot out of the ball at Memphis. Just crushing it. They're hitting better than Jordan Walker was. Yet they remain in Memphis. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I cannot be on board with that. I think it's a bad move. Fine. Leave Trace Barrera on the bench instead, just in case, I guess. I I, <laughs> I, um, I don't get it. I'm flabbergasted by it. I think I think it's dumb. Before the Walker news, I had this whole show set up to, to go back and look at what kind of production we got from the Cardinals in May. So we're going to do that next. And the numbers, they might actually surprise you a little bit. Stick around and find out what I'm talking about on Locked on Cardinals. Buying tickets for your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, the music. Now you don't even have to worry about that. What about comedy? What about going to the theater? With great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for the fun that you're about to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. When my uh, mom and I went to the Cardinals Red Series, we ended up getting two tickets in the second row behind the dugout, behind the Cardinals dugout. Did it on game time app. There they were. Boom. And that was the morning of the game. We were very excited about that. Uh, they've got exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, a whole lot more. The game time guarantee also comes with this, which means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find them. Get the tickets you want without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Cardinals are in Pittsburgh tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you did not get to check out the crossover episode we did with Ethan Smith from Locked on Pirates yesterday, that, that was a good time. Um, Ethan, obviously, in a much better mood when the Pirates are winning. Uh, it was a tough month for them. In the month of May, they they fell back down to earth a little bit, but they're still ahead of the Cardinals. So he was still smiling. He was Ethan Smith smiling, at least in uh, yesterday's episode. If you uh, want to go give it a go give it a watch, we'd appreciate that. So here on what are we June 2nd now, the Cardinals are a combined 25 and 32 and currently sit in fourth place in the NL Central. But they're only four and a half games back of first place Milwaukee who is going to be taking on third place Cincinnati this weekend. So hopefully they'll beat the crap out of each other for us. And uh, I don't think a lot of us, I don't think a lot of the experts would have thought that where the standings are right now, that that was going to be the case when this season began. But it's the reality after the first two months of the year, so we have to accept it. Yeah, the ugly 10-19 start. Then the Cardinals go 15-13 and 13 in May, which isn't anything special, but May 7th. Um, to now they were 15 and eight. So vastly improved in the winning percentage there. And as much as the last couple series against the Reds, the guardians and the Royals had us kind of shaking our heads saying, what is wrong with this offense? It really wasn't a horrible month overall for the team offensively. So let's get nerdy and break down some of these numbers for you, uh, as a team in the month of May, let's pull it up here. Batting average, not great. 
244, which was 19. Clearly, that's not what you're looking for. But for reference, the two top teams in the NL Central right now, the Brewers and the Pirates, hit 219 and 224. The Reds hit a robust 266. They had a, an outstanding offensive month. But um, 244 compared to the other two, you'll take that, right? Uh, run scored, the Cardinals had 150 of them in the month of May. That was fourth in the entire major leagues. Trailing only the Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Yankees. Two of those teams in first place. Uh, they had a few big games in there to help inflate those numbers, obviously. Looking here, they scored 12 against the Tigers, 18 against the Brewers, which was an awesome game. And then uh, 16 and 10 against the Dodgers, against those first place Dodgers. They also suffered two shutout losses against the Dodgers and the Royals. So you see how things kind of balance themselves out with those. But 150 runs, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, hits, 233. That was 18th in the league. Number one was the Rangers, 278. Oh, my gosh. Uh, your team leaders were Nolan Arenado and Lars Newbar with 29 hits each. Tied for 10th in doubles with 48. Near the bottom in triples with just three. The league leader, Mets and Orioles, had seven, in case you were wondering. But we don't really look at triples all that often. Uh, how about home runs? Round trippers. The Cardinals had 44, which was fourth in the league. Trailing only the Yankees, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Again, Braves and Dodgers in first place. Uh, the Nolans, Arenado and Gorman, led the way with seven each. And then you had the Pauls, Goldie and DeYoung. Each had six apiece. Next on the list, you'll never guess this one. Ready? Andrew Kisner. Andrew Kisner with four home runs in the month of May. Who would have thought that? Nobody. Wilson Contreras only had three. Uh, RBIs, the Cardinals had 144. That's fourth in the league behind the Dodgers, Rangers, and Yankees again. Nolan Arenado led the team with 22 knocked in, followed by Nolan Gorman and Lars Newtbar. I would have guessed Goldie uh, uh, above Lars there, but that was not the case. See, we're going to miss Newtbar on the IL now for 10 days with the back issue. Um, I'm a big proponent of the phrase, a walk is as good as a hit, and the Cardinals walked a total of a 101 times in the month of May, which ranked them fifth in the league. That's fantastic. Uh, Padres led with 120. And the team leader in walks was? You think it was Newt, don't you? I thought it was Newt. It's not. Goldie. Goldie had 17. It was Goldie, then Donovan, then Newt Bar, actually. So Donovan ahead of Newt there. Uh, strikeouts in May, the team had 232, which ranked them 14th in the league. The Twins led the way with 200. And 99, they almost struck out 300 times in the month of May. Can you imagine what that's like? Because I, I feel like we watch the Cardinals strike out and they do it a lot. I, I'm sorry. It always feels that way. But almost 300 times in a month, 300 times in a month, that's crazy. Uh, team leader in strikeouts in May. Again, a surprise here. Paul Goldschmidt struck out 35 times. Contreras was second with 31. And then Paul DeYoung at 26. Those don't really surprise me. Uh, stolen bases. The Cardinals were fifth in the league with 25. Well behind league-leading Tampa Bay, who had 52 in May. Uh, Tommy Edmond, center fielder. Tommy Edmond <laughs> led the team with five. Uh, OBP, they were 17th at 319. Slugging, they were eighth at 438. OPS 12th. At 757. So for those of you who say that the offense is hot garbage, the the numbers that they they aren't good, these guys are horrible hitters, and we need to call up everybody and fire everybody that's on the team. The numbers tell a different story, don't they? The, they definitely are not hot garbage. In fact, they're not garbage at all. They're pretty good. But I feel your frustration. It's not like I don't understand where it's coming from because they're a very streaky team. So they go into these you know, 
hills and valleys where they're just like, all right, for three days, they just go crazy. And then they just go splat for like two days and it all comes crashing down again. So I understand why you would think that, but it it's why in baseball we have to, I know you hate the word patience, but we got to show patience and you just have to kind of stay calm about stuff. Like I get, I get worked up too when I'm watching these guys go up to the plate and they got runners in scoring position and they're not moving people over. They're not getting them over to second and third and they're not scoring them with less than two outs. Like it drives me nuts too. But in actuality, their offense is a pretty good offense and uh, they just got real bad there uh, at the end of the month. So Hopefully they'll feel better when they get back into the month of June here. Uh, there is certainly room for improvement. Like I mentioned, one guy in particular, I need to single out. Sorry, buddy. We got to call you out. That's next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals are in Pittsburgh this weekend, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, we did get the pitching matchups uh, for the Cardinals. It'll be Jack Flaherty tonight on. Saturday, Jordan Montgomery, and then Miles Michaelis on Sunday. So pretty much your top three are going to pitch uh, this weekend in Pittsburgh. And they need these games, man. This is a this is a big deal, especially if uh, Milwaukee and Cincinnati are going to pound on each other. Cardinals got to at least get two out of three here in Pittsburgh. So um, I don't like doing this, but sometimes it has to happen. But what grade would you give the signing of Wilson Contreras right now? Think about that. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to don't make it. Don't announce it yet. But after everything we've seen in the first two months, he's had multiple bad slumps. In fact, he's still in one as we speak. He's won for his last 28. We knew about the defensive issue, so that shouldn't surprise anybody. He got pulled from catching duties for a bit. Whether you agree with the move or not, it happened. It just hasn't been a very smooth start to his Cardinals career. On the other hand, because I'm not Mr. Negative. I, I like Wilson Contreras. He's had moments like in Chicago and against the Dodgers and uh, in Boston when he got that walk. You know, he's had these moments where he exudes energy and attitude, and I cannot help but gravitate towards him. He's like a drug. I just wish we could see more of the excited Wilson Contreras. And I, I've seen online where people are talking about, do, have the Cardinals tried to calm down Lars Newbar and Wilson Contreras? I don't know. But if they did, they're idiots. Like, energy is good. Good vibes is a thing. Like, you want it to be that way. Pujols and Molina were joking around all year last year in the dugout. Why couldn't you have a good time? It's a game. Games are meant to be fun. Uh, Wilson Contreras, though, not producing the way he'd hoped he would. And honestly, how we'd hoped he would since signing the largest free agent contract in team history on the year. Contreras hitting just 219, five home runs, 25 RBIs, OBP 304, slugging 359, OPS 663. And you're like, okay, great. I don't know what that means. Well, all of those final three numbers and his average way below his career averages. So his career BA, 254, down to 219. OBP in his career, 346, down to 304. Slugging, 452 in his career, down to 359. OPS in his career, 798, down to 663. 
Are these hitting woes for Contreras entirely his fault? Especially after being yanked from catching duties for a week, pretty much made the fall guy by the organization for the team's losing in the first month. The pitchers put the blame on him for them not being very good. And in my opinion, that whole, that whole non, that embarrassed the club. That was embarrassing. Like the Cardinals don't do dumb things like that. Those are the ideas of other clubs. That's not what the Cardinals do. But should we give him a pass for that? I say not necessarily, but I can see where his mind wouldn't be totally right following all of that stuff that took place in the month of May. I get it. I mean, the guy just signed on for what is the remaining of his career. Maybe he signs another contract at the end of it, but this is where he wants to basically finish up the prime of his career. And a month into it, they're they're pulling those shenanigans against him. So I, I don't really blame him for having struggles here and there. The, the cool thing was, is after it happened, the way he responded, like he started hitting right away. Now we got to get him back there because in little spurts, he's had a huge impact on some big games for the team, but we need to see more of that on a consistent basis. He's the guy that really has to turn things around. You know, Arnato's had an up and down year so far, but we trust him, right? He's going to be fine. Goldie up and down here and there, but he's Goldie. You know, he's going to be fine. You would assume Edmund will be fine. DeYoung? Here's the thing. Hopefully the time off helped a number of these guys freshen up, not not only their bodies, but their minds as well, because some of them were in some ugly slumps coming into this two-day break. Gorman, one for his last 18. DeYoung, 0 for 21. Edmund, 4 for 26. Gorman's been a rock all year. He was bound to slip a little bit for a while. Hopefully he'll come back up. Again, Edmund, never worried about him. Paul DeYoung, though. Paul DeYoung stuff makes me nervous a little bit because – We've seen this movie before, haven't we? Where he comes up, has some great success, and then something happens. I don't know if the pitchers, the scouting, something happens. They figure him out, and then he falls off the cliff. The production just goes gone, and it vanishes like a fart in the wind. I'm hoping that's not the case again, and that he rebounds. But I can't say that I have a lot of faith in him. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it, maybe it'll remain being a uh, totally different Paul DeYoung this year in 2023. I hope so. I like the guy. I like the guy. I want to see him succeed. Plus, makes this team a whole lot better because now you're missing O'Neill, you're missing Carlson, you're missing Newt Barr. Um, they're going to need some production out of DeYoung now for sure. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for this weekend's games in Pittsburgh with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. First pitch tonight is going to be at 6.45 St. Louis time. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You guys are the best fans in the business, in the world, for a reason, obviously. Best fans in baseball. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Have a good one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.